0: Hi, welcome to the On Becoming Educated Podcast where I, Pa Vu, will share my experience as a first generation PhD student. Hi everybody, so I am recording this new episode from my new home in Berkeley, California, and I am really excited. I just moved here on Wednesday, so I've been here three full days going into my fourth full day. And I wanted to give you a heads up that there might be some background noise with this episode and possibly future episodes too because there's a lot more noise in my new home (laughs) than there used to be in my old home in Chico, which makes a lot of sense because there's just more traffic here, more cars, etc., So I wanted to give you that warning ahead of time, and I'm hoping that it doesn't disturb your listening too much. Um, And here's the show. It's a muggy Wednesday morning. Smoke is rising out of the northeast from the August complex fire in Mendocino County. A red sun sits in the sky, reminding me of another morning less than two years ago, when I watched another red sun set in the sky, when the neighboring town of Paradise burned in the campfire, the most destructive wildfire in California history. There is a sharp familiar scent in the air, and when I open the trunk of my car to start packing, a wave of ash hits me in the face. I wrinkle my nose and immediately stop breathing. As the dust dissipates, I set the box of books I'm carrying in the trunk and continue packing. More books, more boxes. I'm moving to Berkeley today to start my PhD program at UC Berkeley, and it all suddenly feels too much, too soon, and too scary. You know that scene from the beginning of Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, the movie? when Legolas, Aragorn, and Gimli are tracking the trail of the Urukai, And Legolas, played by Orlando Bloom, looks up at the morning sky and says, A red sun rises. Blood has been spilled this night. Remember that? I'm very superstitious, a characteristic that I developed from years of exposure to superstitious behavior in the Hmong community. My mom has always cautioned us not to verbalize certain things lest they come true. A stomachache before eating spicy food. A car accident before going on a trip. A fall before it happens. You get the picture. I'd often get a Which literally translates to What a big mouth. When I was younger, this exclamation would usually be accompanied by a knuckle on the head. That was how serious my mom took it. Looking at the red sun reminds me of Legolas's ominous words, and my superstition suddenly kicks in. I play with the idea of not leaving, of waiting until the sun isn't red, of being cautious. And that's when I know that I have to go. I think as humans, we naturally try to avoid discomfort. We always seek the comfortable. And in my experience, when I'm avoiding something, it usually means I should probably explore it. Or in this case, jump in. Jump right into the journey. My mom gives me some cash. She says, For later, when you get hungry, you can buy food. No matter how old I get, my mom still gives me lunch money. Maybe it's to make up for all those days when I was younger and we had no lunch money. I don't need it, but I know it is useless to try and give it back, so I take it quietly. I say my final goodbyes to my siblings, and my parents stand at the door to watch me get in my car and drive away, as they did 12 years ago when I first went to grad school, as they have done countless times with all of their children. I drive west toward Interstate 5 with Ndei Shihar by Hugh Chi Yang playing in the background. Asia Na, he sings. His words translate to This time you're going to leave me. Leave me to go to a faraway place, to live on the other side of the sky. I don't want to let you go. It's been the track of the year for me in many ways. But especially now that I'm leaving, and although Berkeley isn't Ishandu or the other side of the sky, the act of leaving itself and starting a new journey sure feels like it. The actual sky continues to darken ominously, which adds to my anxiety. I pass Hamilton City, then Orland small farming communities that I grew up around and finally hit the I-5. There's something about getting onto a freeway that just changes things, changes the feeling in the air, turns it almost electric, almost like saying, here we go, no turning back now. And I'm suddenly feeling emotional feeling the weight of doubt and fear and excitement all rolled into a single chill that permeates the center of me. But I don't cry. It's as if my body knows this is the right thing. Courage, Pa. It says. I've always loved visiting the Bay Area. I love passing through Fairfield and Vallejo and seeing the roller coasters from the freeway. Remembering how that one ride on the Medusa some years ago made me swear off roller coasters forever. (laughs) Then the first sight of houses that look like they're stacked on top of each other. Driveways and streets that seem almost vertical. The first sight of glistening water. And then if the window is open... The smell of the ocean. Some places appear like a whisper, while others, like the East Bay, appear with an exclamation. Driving into my neighborhood, the first thing I notice is the noise. There is so much traffic noise. But the funny thing is, when night comes, I fall asleep the moment I close my eyes. Moving tires you out like nothing else. And I think it's more than just lifting boxes and unloading suitcases and putting things into their proper places. It's also the mental and emotional toll of shifting identities. And the stimulation of new sights, sounds, and smells. And of course, the pressure of the journey that you are now certainly on. The next morning... I wake up early, put on my tennis shoes, and brave a walk to campus even though the sky is gray with smoke from wildfires that are destroying homes and natural spaces all over California. My need to see the campus seems so little compared to this uncontrollable natural disaster, but I can't deny it. So mask in hand, I set out. Not long after leaving my new home, I hit Telegraph Avenue, a busy street that runs from the south of campus, almost directly in front of the famous Sather Gate, I think that's how you pronounce it, all the way to downtown Oakland. It's still early, so there aren't a lot of people about, and most of those who are up and about have masks on, a sign of our times. Many of the restaurants have, or still open, signs up, but state that their services are for pickup or delivery only. No dine-in. I pass a handcrafted ice cream and sandwich shop, a sports bar, and a Chinese bakery that I promise to return to. <laughs> and then, there it is. UC Berkeley. I had wanted to move to Berkeley in the first place because I wanted to feel the history and energy of campus. And I do. As I cross Bancroft Way and step into Sproul Plaza, I see that there aren't too many people on campus. But someone is banging on a piano close by, and its notes are filling the empty campus with life. Up ahead, the iconic sailor gate where I stopped to take a picture, as I'm sure hundreds of thousands of students and visitors have done in the past, and will do in the future. I spent some time walking around campus, reading the names of the buildings, wondering who the students were that have filled these hallways and classrooms. What have they done? What are they doing now? And how will they change the world in the future? I am here, and the synergy of the past, present, and future feels heavy but carryable, foundational and lifting, boundless. I spend a good 40 minutes on campus before heading back home, taking a different route so I can explore the neighborhood a little more. Later, I head out to an Asian market to find essential items. Soy sauce, oyster sauce, kimchi, and instant noodle. The Asian kind. (laughs) I jokingly post on social media that I can finally rest now because I have my essential items. The truth is that rest, true rest, is hard to come by. I am now settled into my new home, my new neighborhood, my new city. But the questions have not yet settled. Am I ready? Can I really do this? School starts next week. What if I don't read fast enough, write fast enough, process information fast enough? What if I just plain old suck? And the loneliness brought on by being in a new home and in a new neighborhood and in a new city suddenly feels like it's closing in on me. So I sign up for yoga. And I tell myself to go for a walk tomorrow. I can do this. I've done harder things, one step at a time, onward, Pa. It's not too soon. It's not too scary. In fact, the timing is just right. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listening platform of your choice to be notified when new episodes are up. If you would like to support this podcast, a rating and review would go a long way. Podcasts with ratings and reviews are more likely to be found by listeners, so I would very much appreciate it if you can take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast. If you would like to make a donation to help me run this podcast, you can do so at com slash onbecomingeducated. That's ko dot com slash onbecomingeducated. On Every dollar helps. Follow me on Instagram at by pa vu, and the podcast at onbecomingeducated. Lastly, to access transcripts and submit listener questions, go to www.onbecomingeducated.com.